0: The stories of some of the world's greatest women unfold here. I am Annette Comer, your host, and each week the untold secrets of success, strength, and boldness of today's powerful women are revealed. This woman came from a wealthy family, but the money was controlled by the men of the family, so she never experienced the freedom of choice wealth can provide. And as she grew into adulthood, she rebelled. After nine years and seven colleges later, she landed on anthropology and eventually snagged a CEO position of a nonprofit. It appeared to others she had arrived, but in truth, she was in her own private prison, trapped in a position that stifled her desire to impact communities. Some rough years followed, and then one day she found an old beach bag full of things she had collected over the years. And in these snippets of collection, she found the magic of her success and began to climb her way toward greatness. It is my pleasure to introduce you to Janine Merkel-Peristein. Did I pronounce that right, Janine? I hope so. Peristein, yeah. Parisine, <laughs> I don't tearing tear up your <laughs> yeah. name. Thank you so much for joining me today, Janine. It's such a pleasure to have you here.
1: Oh, Annette, I'm so happy to be here with you and your listeners.
0: And I have got uh, so many good questions because you've got so much rich wisdom I want to uncover. <laughs> so let's just jump right on in.
1: Fantastic. So,
0: So one of your superpowers is helping others with their inner game. And the beach bag you found years ago opened your eyes to what you needed to do to strengthen your own inner game. First, tell us, what did you find there that changed everything for you? And where might others look to find their own magic answer?
1: What a great question, Annette. I was approaching it at a time when I was really hurting physically and emotionally and spiritually. And I looked... And all of this stuff that had sparked interest through the years that I had gathered. And what I found, if I could just put a headline to it, was cross-cultural and cross-discipline references to the language of success. And what that really meant was ways to dig into your inner game and question or challenge all that you'd been taught and all that you thought that you knew about how to move forward and about how to be successful. I think all along I was hungry for somebody to tell me that there was more. And that's why I started collecting them. But really what I found then was proof that people in so many different situations in life could climb past their circumstances and move beyond the external forces that were trying to keep them down. And really stand into the strength that they were meant to have. And that's what I desperately needed when I went looking for it and found, oh yeah, I had collected it all along. It's right here in this little container. So it, it was, it was a quite a journey. And I feel like I feel like it was the greatest gift to myself to have paid attention in those moments when I knew I didn't have time for it. But I collected it anyway.
0: So, what would you recommend to other women, where they might look to find their magic answer? Maybe
1: they have their own collections, huh? I hope that they do. I think there's a message from our culture that tells us that we have to we have to focus on what we're doing. You know, while we're multitasking, the paradox. Right. right. <laughs> but uh, but that if you have these good ideas, you know, oftentimes culture is telling us like, well, if you can't really make that your life's work or your life's passion or really dedicate time with it, probably let that go for somebody else. And I disagree. I feel like if something's coming into your awareness and you feel like it's a good idea, but you know you don't have time for it right now, I always recommend to keep a good ideas file or good ideas beach bag (laughs) or some kind of a capture system, as David Allen would say, or some receptacle that says, I find this important some part of my heart is being called by this, but I can't get to it now. And instead of saying, well, then clearly it's not for me. We say, okay, someday it'll be there for me. And I'm going to hold on to that just in case. Now I can tell you, I've gone back to my subsequent good idea files and looked at little note cards that I've written along the way. And some of them, I just, you know, well, that was Okay, not, you know, not, that didn't stand the test of time. Fair enough. But some of them I go back to and I say, oh, I'm putting that one back in the box. That's going to be there for me someday. Life is long. And we go through so many different revolutions of what we're meant to be and who we're meant to be and how we're meant to serve in this world. And I believe that if we're fed a good idea along the way, we should listen to that. And so many times, I don't know about you, Janine, but
0: certainly for me, I will look back and some of those ideas that now are providing wonderful fruit for me, I will look back and I'll think, at the time, I had no clue, no clue why they'd even popped up in my world. Right. And they were actually little breadcrumbs that were leading me to a destination.
1: Yeah. And that's really exactly what I found in that beach bag was all of the little breadcrumbs, breadcrumbs along the path that get me to where I am today
0: yeah which is really beautiful. So you told me, quote, we as humans can be better at anything we put our minds to if we work on ourselves. So explain what you mean by this and how can women do this in a productive way?
1: I think that the more that we challenge our limitations, Whether that's a limiting belief or something that somebody keeps telling us, which often becomes a limiting belief, or other external forces that want to get in our way, the more that we challenge that, the more nimble that we can be in times of change when the world does uh, throw us for a loop. I'm seeing that the people who are really struggling in this day of rapid fire change. The people who are struggling are the ones that are digging in their heels and saying, this has worked for me in the past. and By golly, it'll work for me again. I'm going to keep going. But then there are the people who are saying, all right, that did work for me in the past, but now we're different. And maybe there's a belief of what caused success for me in this stage in my life, in this place where I was, when I look at that belief and I say, does it still fit? Is this still me? Is this who I want to be? And really do the deep inner work about challenging those limitations. That's when we can look at the external environment and the wobbliness that it creates. And we can find our own internal stability that tells, starts telling us, all right, bring it on. I've got this. I can do this. And that's really what I mean by that. I mean that the leader who looks around and says, all right, I'm affecting change on my environment and I'm a leader because I know I can control my environment to some extent. I also know that there's some places where I'm going to run up against the environment and that control will push back at me if I'm not careful. When I do that work, I keep saying limitations. There really is no better word. The beliefs, the values, the attitudes, the behaviors, These personal attributes that have gotten me where I am today, and I consistently challenge them, I will consistently grow and I will consistently become more and more nimble in the world around me. So for a
0: woman that's listening to this, how can she start to do what you had just
1: described? Yes, absolutely. This is actually the, the starting place that I walk all of my clients through is that internal inventory of really looking at the the four attributes that I just mentioned, your attitudes, which is your state of mind or your feeling about a different thing that changes rapidly and your, your personality is really tied to it. Your behaviors, your actions, your reactions in different circumstances, your beliefs, which is not necessarily true, but it's your conviction in the truth of something. This is juicy. Inventory your beliefs. And then you look at your values, your standards, or your qualities that you deem worthwhile, which are less changeable, you know, attitudes more changeable and down the road to less changeable with the values. Every human being has these attributes. And by the way, when we come up with groups of people and we start sharing these attributes, you wrap in norms and traditions. Now you've got a culture. And so if the women listening to this were to really spend some time writing, about many different areas of their life, like their career and what they believe their their worth and their value for making money and their physical bodies and their relationships and their spiritual selves. And they write down those four attributes, what they really believe to be true about themselves. It could be a pretty big document, but they will see without a doubt some red flags of, oh my goodness. This is where I've left potential on the table. This is where I've been holding myself back all along. This is where I start to do the work alongside with, oh, this is why I've been as successful as I've been up until now. This is where I can capitalize on those attributes that have made me the power woman that I am today. Yeah, I think that is tremendous
0: wisdom. And I I hope that people grab their pencils and papers and, and start writing and exploring very soon. this change thing that you mentioned. So many of us want to be able to affect change. And you have stated the ability to do this is impacted by a person's bandwidth. This is what you told me in a private conversation. So I want you to explain what you mean when you refer to a person's bandwidth and how does this play into someone's ability to impact change?
1: I love your attention to detail and you hear the nuggets in it. Um, Thank you, Annette. I believe that we are limited when we approach what we're doing with a thought that our physical energy is our only bucket to either feed or deplete. And I think a lot of people, executives and and women, especially in really high-powered positions, are are so hyper-focused on this energy resource that is the bucket of physical energy. And I think the problem with that is that we tend to forget that there are other energy resources that we can draw upon or feed upon. You know, for instance, there's mental energy that we, we've we all been in long meetings where we just feel drained and all of a sudden our bodies feel like we cannot do anymore because we've been so focused on the mental problems we've been working on. Or there's your spiritual energy. Some of us get fed from the universe or the God of our understanding above and we can tap into a source of doing this and being this that will feed us from that. And then there's also emotional energy. And this is one of the things that people are expressing that they're feeling, but not quite having the language to be able to work with it. You know, we've all felt the devastation of a breakup, you know, in a relationship where we feel like we cannot get it out of bed. And our energy has been so incredibly depleted. And you counter that to the new relationship energy where you could stay up all night talking. You're Wonder Woman. You can do anything because of that relationship energy. That's the kind of emotional energy uh, that'll provide us with a battery pack that will come and go depending on who we're operating with and where our focus is in the world. So,
0: with that said, it almost makes me think that boy, it really becomes important to pay attention to the people and situations you put yourself in, because that almost determines your bandwidth in so many of those areas that you've just mentioned.
1: Right, absolutely. So the fallacy then is thinking that bandwidth is only calories in, calories out. How much sleep did I get? Am I hydrated? All of those things are extremely important for a high-performance lifestyle. But the bandwidth will also be affected. It's kind of like having too many tabs open on your computer and it starts slowing it down, you know, or too many piles of clutter on your desk around you will slow you down because you're creating chatter in your subconscious mind and in your brain and in your spirit that says, Oh, I've got to get to that. Or, Oh, that's pulling me away. Or, Oh, that my focus cannot be on what's at hand. And that's what will, will close down that bandwidth. Mm, uh, it's not okay for a high performance lifestyle.
0: No, no, I can see that it definitely is not. So we're going to go a little bit further. You led perfectly into my next question, which is this self-limiting beliefs, which it can be a part of also impacting that bandwidth. And these self-limiting beliefs that you went into a little bit earlier, uh, we're going to dig a little deeper in now, is often a challenge for women. And I know you have experienced this yourself in the past. So what have you learned that you could share that might keep other women from letting such self-limiting beliefs determine their future?
1: Mm, This is so important for women in particular, I believe, because of the cultural messages that we receive in a patriarchal society. I recognized in my own journey of growth that the women that I grew up with never taught me the language of worthiness because they themselves didn't have it. They couldn't teach me what they didn't know. And it was in my own self-discovery of learning that language that I recognized, all right, I had beliefs about what was possible for me and what was not possible for me. You know, there's this like narrow road that I got to travel based on what other people said was okay and said where I told me where I belonged. And it wasn't until I challenged those limiting beliefs Specifically about what's possible, what's not possible, and widened the gap of where I could travel, then I started doing great things, And all the while recognizing there are so many women out there, and there's so many disenfranchised people out there who have been told that their path is this, when really, their hearts, their spirits, their capabilities, their potential is, is so incredibly wide. And so, you know, talk about stepping into a purpose. As soon as I started winding that up, I thought, oh, how many other people could do this?
0: Yeah, it really is. And, and I love your visual of this narrow alleyway that we are trapped walking as opposed to being out on open freeway. <laughs> exactly. I mean, we're weekends wide open on both sides and we can just run as hard as we can. And those are two right. very different places, aren't they?
1: Yes, absolutely. Then you keep it going and now you're in the, you know, the stratosphere and you're up and down and sideways and all over the place. <laughs> and it's a beautiful thing. Yes, so, when you break out.
0: Yes, when you break out. All right. So I'm going to go back to your family upbringing a little bit. So even though you grew up in a wealthy family, you had a scarcity mindset. You admitted that to me. So what is your relationship to money these days? So much better. Oh,
1: Such a relief because I was taught that the purpose for money was to buy you things. Like I was sharing with you, my my stepdad had a big plaque in our home that said, He who dies with the most toys wins. And I thought this was the value of growing up in an extravagant, wealthy lifestyle. And so I associated, okay, toys, things, you know, the shiny stuff that's worth pursuing. But unfortunately, what I learned was that my fire inside could go out while I was on the path of pursuing those. And I could be really good at pursuing those and, and, and have my own sense of mojo die inside. And that disconnect was not okay. And so when I started prioritizing my fire, you know, my purpose, my passion, you know, the Japanese call it your ikigai, your calling. When I focused there and I let the shiny things go, now all of a sudden my joy level, my happiness level rose exponentially. And the things show up when I want them to, but not because I'm focused on, on the things. I'm focused on the being that I am and the, the effect that I can have on the world around me. And now money and my ideas of prosperity have expanded to include an energy source, you know, kind of like I was talking about the different buckets of energy, value of riches become a larger sense of what abundance and prosperity really is. So today, abundance to me is vitality, energy to do things, the capability to do things, the desire to have a revolution again with women and and, uh, people who need it. This is what is defining wealth for me today. So I believe I've completely switched off the most toys win piece. And I've switched on the who can I be when I step into a prosperity mindset. that's a glorious thing. It is. It is a beautiful place to be, isn't it? I have one more
0: question for you. And this is going to go into your sweet spot of what you do with organizations. So an organization and its team members often operate in a state of dysfunction, keeping them from reaching incredible success. And understanding how to fix these types of situations is certainly your magic. So what have you found is the number one thing a business person listening can do to address the dysfunction in their organization?
1: One, just one? <laughs> just one, okay. i right. right. have another one. Right. Well, <laughs> you know, I know, I get that. Um, so uh, I want to actually circle back because we've really already talked about it. A leader who is brave enough to challenge how they affect their culture. So I talked about the four attributes that, when shared, they make up a culture. Well, when you look at the, the workplace culture of an organization or a company, you want to look at who is influencing that culture. So whose attributes are creating not just power and authority, that's different, but creating influence. And why are they creating influence? And even though I believe strongly, and I've seen it over and over again, that, that people up and down the ladder of hierarchy within a company can affect the influence of their workplace culture it really does start with the leader it absolutely begins with the leader so the, the the number one thing that i think they can do to really affect positive change towards happiness and productivity and profitability for their organization is to be brave enough to look within to look at their attributes that i spoke of and challenge their limiting beliefs of what's possible and how are they trying to impose those beliefs onto their organization, right, wrong, or indifferent. Yeah, I think that's very perceptive and great
0: advice because it has to start with a leader, doesn't it? It really does. Yeah, before you try to correct the rest of it, you got to yeah. work on yourself a little bit. Right. Janine, is there anything else about your journey to greatness that we haven't covered that you'd like to share with other women?
1: I think that it, it lands on the idea of learning the language of our own worthiness, you know, I touched on the fact that I had to do that for myself because the women in my family, they didn't teach it to me, not because they didn't want to, they desperately wanted to, but they didn't know it themselves. And I have found that for the women out there who are meant to do great things, and that means everybody who's listening to this podcast, <laughs> you're, you're meant to do great things. And so it's worth your while to spend time in learning that language of your own unique worthiness your own value, your own personal power. And all of the work and all of the investment that you do in that place will pay off exponentially in any way that you want it to be. You want it to. And that's where I feel like we're invincible.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. And, and I will caution all of you listening. Don't expect that to be a comfortable process. Exactly. Because it won't be. <laughs> I think we Who both not? can attest to that, can't we? <laughs> <laughs> you your girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I hear you. Janine, it has been such a pleasure having you with me today. And you have so much wisdom. And I'm so glad you opened up and shared so much of it with our audience today. Thank you so much, Annette. Such a true pleasure being here with you. And Janine is another great example of how women are challenging the norm, making things happen, and demanding their own greatness. So join me next time on the world's greatest women show as another powerful woman's story unfolds.